the state of lending. Finding a lender that will invest is really important. Welcome to the Mortgage Impact Podcast, your home for industry-related marketing, branding, leadership and technology news, best practices, and more. Whether you're a loan officer or a senior executive, this podcast will help you make an impact in the mortgage industry. Now, here's your host, Jake Failing. Hey everyone, it's Jake Failing with the Mortgage Impact Podcast, and I am excited to bring you the third of five installments of Coffee with Casey, where Movement Mortgage CEO Casey Crawford sits down with business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders that inspire him. Today's episode features Greg Johnson, who today owns his own branding agency, but prior to that, worked on a just you know a small brand that you may or may not have heard of called the Jordan brand under the Nike umbrella. Branding is core to movement, and Casey is very passionate about it, so you'll hear him really dig in in this interview. Enjoy. Greg, welcome to Coffee with Casey, man. It's glad to have you here. Good to be here. Yeah. Good to be here. <laughs> so you, uh, man, you are a branding expert. You and I have talked branding and storytelling a lot, but I would love it, man, if you would start off telling your own story. Just tell us a little bit of uh, North Carolina to West Coast to back to North Carolina. What's what's that life journey been like for you? It's been a wild and crazy ride. I, I was born in a little town, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, yep. which um, most people haven't heard of, but <laughs> it seemed like when I was growing up, it was the center of the world. <laughs> Um, and you know, mom, dad, sisters, brothers, sort of a normal life. You yeah. Know, they were, my dad was a factory worker. So we, you know, we had a very modest means or whatever. My mom was a custodian at a, at a hospital, but you know, we just loving family, you know, just taking care of each other and loving each other. Grew up around all of my family. It was back when all the families sort of stayed around each other in the same neighborhood. Yeah. So, I got that situation in mind. My little sister lives on one side of me. My wife's little sister lives on the other. Yeah. We're. <laughs> Any one time, parents of ten or twelve. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was awesome. I was always kind of that kid that they were like having all these wild and crazy thoughts about what's possible and what I could do, and they'd be like, "What's wrong with him? Like he's he's kind of off centered a little bit." But um, I just always knew that there was like more to the to life than what in I was Rocky saying Mount. in Rocky Mount. As cool as it was, yeah. Hardee's was headquartered there. Yeah, it was a kind of cool place. Yes, yeah. Um, so I ended up going to school in UNC Chapel Hill. You know, got Sorry exposed about that. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was low the part best, of the story. That was low part, yeah. yeah. Tar getting heel. In, getting Charles. into the best school in yeah. the ACC was a really, really awesome part of our story. Uh, we could stop it there, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is great school? school. Yeah, University of Virginia. <laughs> go go hoos. Yeah, we finally have regained uh, a basketball program and a football program at the same time, which That's is true. extremely exciting. That's true. So, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're glad to be back in the ACC basketball. <laughs> Conversation. Oh, you guys have done very, very well. Yep. So yep. <laughs> we don't hate you as much anymore. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much to hate there for many right. years. Yeah, that was that was a homecoming celebration. So. Right. Um, so went to school there. Uh, majored in uh, journalism, major but focused okay. on advertising. Got in advertising because I I found out that advertising took place in New York. Like that was when like um, Madison Avenue was oh, like wow. where the advertising yeah. was, and I was like. I want to go to New York. So wow, Rocky um, Mount, North Carolina, to New York City. To New York City, it's quite a transition. It is, and I didn't really know what I was asking for. One, I just knew that that must be where all the dreams are housed. So yeah, get one of them. Yeah. Um. So, uh, graduated from Carolina, moved to New York, got a job at the largest ad agency in the world, um, J. Walter Thompson. Wow. One of the first and you know largest ad agencies in the world, working on this amazing, um, innovative company called Kodak. Yeah. <laughs> Were you the one that told me this whole digital thing was going to pass? Oh, man. Yeah. That'll never sit. Sell those pads. Yeah. 
<laughs> Film is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Polaroids are coming back though. They are. Just a side note. Yeah. yeah. So, but that was that was awesome at the time. They were, you know, they were a, a large, thriving wow. company. Yeah. And they spent a lot of money in advertising. So I was the media planner. So I got to actually help them spend their money in media. So I did wow. everything you can do in New York because I was a media planner and I had all the money and I was kind of controlling a lot of those first yeah. strings. So that was a really amazing experience. You know, learned a lot met a lot of great people, did a lot of cool things, um, and then moved to another ad agency, Sachi and Sachi, which is another large large agency. There I got to work on, um, and that's a pretty important part of my story, got to work with Procter & Gamble. And I would mm. say that they are the, you know, we talk about branding and, and marketing. They're like, yeah. they, I feel like they invented it. You know, they just do such a good job. They have these really sound fundamental principles around how you build a brand. And when you think about Tide and Crest and some of these staples, yeah. you know, in our which are stores. incredible, yeah. Like, so what? What are some of their principles that they that they really? Um, I think the champion? the main one is discipline. I mean, I think they they just have a process where they identify, you know, what is the unique value proposition about a product, um, and, and then they actually they they do a really good job, I think, of telling stories. It's just yeah. that their stories are, you know, just very basic until the ground. Like, you've got to stay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Here's Tide, and here's Mountain. Yeah, right. yeah, look how clean it <laughs> but is. But they've yeah. done some cool stuff. We're too. Tide family, so yeah. yeah, yeah my mom, cool. my mom has been Tide for years. So. Yeah, <laughs> and they had a, they have a lot of that. It's a you know multi billion dollar you know detergent business. So, right. um, but so that how that's sort of this how they build brands is consistent through all their bands all over the world. So they have a kind of a solid formula that they use to, to make them great. So I learned a lot there, um, left there, went and became a brand manager at Johnson & Johnson, another great company that does yeah. marketing really well. Um, but didn't stay there long because of my boss at Saatchi had gone to um, Nike. He called me one day and said, hey, you know, I just, I'm gonna be the global ad, ad director at Nike. You think you're interested in coming? And I'm like, I think before you hung up on the phone, I was yeah. like sitting in his yeah. office. <laughs> sure. Yeah, if I recall, Carolina was in Nike school. Yeah, we had a guy, Ronald Curry, we were supposed to sign one oh, year. Yes. Remember Ronald Curry, oh, yes. Mr. Football yes. and Mr. Basketball that, USA Today. Yes. Same, yes. From the state of Virginia, from Hampton Roads, uh -huh. had committed to UVA, biggest crew we'd ever signed. Mm -hmm. And the story I heard, the way I heard it was on National Signing Day, Nike sent the kid five bags yes. of letters. Yeah. <laughs> Drowned us out. He somehow decommitted. Mike got a phone call from a couple of famous alums and uh, ended up a Tar Heel. He knew. Yeah. Blue, yeah. blue, blue as Achilles out the first right. year. Yeah, my, my, my coach said he was bad voodoo, man. He had decommitted to Virginia. So I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but no, 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 no. my recruiting coach thought so. No, right, right, right. So, no, he was great. I love Robert Curry. He, he ended up. Yeah, doing some cool stuff. Yeah, playing for the Raiders and yeah, yeah, you know, quarterback. He was incredibly elusive on the football field mm -hmm. and on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. So he ended up at Nike, took that job. Took the job at Nike. Um, you know, didn't even really I mean I knew Oregon was a state. Like if you right. said, Hey, what 49 states do you want to live in? Yeah. Oregon wouldn't have made the list. Like I just had never <laughs> thought of living in Oregon. Yeah. So I got on a map, found out where it was. Said, oh, it's above California, below Washington. Sure. And I thought, you know, we'd be out there for a couple of years. My wife and I moved out there from New York. We said, oh, we'll God, it'd be like a cool little yeah, adventure. Yeah, a little adventure, yeah. Um, yeah. 15 years later, 15 wow. years and four kids later, four we, were, kids we were in Oregon. So, But wow. I went out there, um, was doing some, you know, was advertising director for Nike Basketball, which then led to me, um, you know, working on some some stuff with Michael Jordan and his shoes. Like, it was at the time, it was like Air Jordan shoes. Oh, wow. Um, and then he, what years were the, what, what year was this? This was like 90s, sort of early oh, 90s, man. Yes, 93, just 94, of 95. It was oh, like wow. the peak of all of that. And then yeah. he retired and, um, you know, he had, had a vision for creating a brand. And then I was able, fortunate enough to be a part of that as well as the marketing director for 
um, the brand. So help kind of with launching that and then working on that for, you know, a long time, which was, you know, I mean, Carolina guy, Michael Jordan. I mean, <laughs> you know, it was just a lot, of, yeah. a lot of things that were this is marketing, dream come true kind sort of, of stuff. like all the stuff you could like almost can't even imagine in terms of like if you had to line them all up in terms of your career and yeah. what would you like to do, all of, all of them sort of culminated you know, right there. And that just led to a lot of other cool things within that opportunity. Although, you know, it was a, it was somewhat, it felt a little bit like an entrepreneurial endeavor a little bit because it was like taking kind of this, the, the greatest athlete of all time, some would argue, and um, a shoe and turning it into a brand which with yeah. multi multiple parts and pieces and yeah. sort of recrafting re that story and sort of what do you say about him because he's no, he's no longer playing. Yeah. So how do you sort of put all, put all that together? And we did a lot of, lot of really cool things, but, you know, there were a lot of fans of Michael that sort of wanted to be a part of the brand too. Yep. So one of them that was really relevant to today was one day, and this was this was like the kind of calls I would get. So one day I'm sitting in my office and I get a call and it's this lady and she's like, I'm calling you from Stan Lee's office. And I'm like, sure, like, right, that's a joke. She's like, no, 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 this, I'm, I'm his personal assistant. And, um, you know, he's interested in possibly doing something with the Jordan brand. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. So, so I got on a plane, flew to LA, and got to hang out with Stan Lee for like a whole day, concepting wow. around what are some of the things that we could do. Because at that time, we had created this thing called um, Team Jordan. So we had like Derek Jeter and Randy Moss and Roy oh, Jones man. Jr. and all these guys that were part of the team. And so we we're just sort of ideating around what does that mean and how do you create something that's superhero like, yeah. you know, you know, for that. So I don't know that I ever got really into the whole like what we were doing. I was just like. I'm sitting here. Yeah, Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah, Marvel, <laughs> man. Come on. Tell me, yeah, tell me how yeah, it happened. Yeah. So um, he passed away yesterday, so I was yeah. thinking a lot about that um, that moment. But it, you know, got to got to do a lot of cool things like that during that time, and yeah. certainly just helping that being a part of sort of telling that story of of you know Michael the brand. How does yeah. this sort of person live out in a brand? Most brands want. Like they want the personal sort of version of themselves. Like what? Like what is that? We talk about personal branding. Like what is? If your brand was a person, what would it be? So we had like the person. Like he was alive. We'd meet with him and we talked to him. Right. And, and we sort of get to create all these wonderful things around him. Yeah. So man, Greg, it's, I mean, your story. Rocky Mount, North Carolina, little town. For those that don't know, it is a small town. It is a, it is, small it is, town. It is a legitimate small right. town in North Carolina. And you, what I love about your story and what, what, what you and I, what I still love doing with you today is dreaming big, mm -hmm. right? Dreaming big. You are a big dreamer, man. I think I think you you see a world of possibilities. So as, as a young boy in Rocky Mount, you, you dream big. And then it seems to me you also took action. Mm -hmm. man, you, you took some risks. You went to, you know, New York City. That's, that's a big step. Like, like going from Rocky Mount to UNC to New yeah. York, then, then immediately picking up the phone, going to Nike. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk, talk to some folks about that, that, that are following their dreams, man, about what it looks like. To see outside of your context, to dream big, and then and then the necessity to, to so you gotta step outside your comfort zone, sure, too, to see those dreams come to realities. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, um, yeah, I would like to say that you know I was always like super confident and yeah. like in every step that I took, and it was like this easy decision to move right. from right. Chapel Hill to New York, and an easy right. decision to move to Oregon. I would say that there was a lot of angst associated with a lot of them. I would say, and and I'm not so sure that. I would have ever gotten to where I ultimately got to. The interesting thing about going to Oregon was leaving New York, which is big and noisy and with all these crazy things going on and moving to Oregon, I think it was a time for me personally where I really developed my real relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it was it was sort of in the quietness of the Oregon forest, I like to say, <laughs> you know, that I started like all these great things were happening and, and it was like 
I mean, I, it just doesn't get any better than this, like wow. on the on the exterior. And it yeah. was really great and it was all good. Yeah. But inside of me, I just was like, you know, I kept, it just felt like this emptiness. It felt like, you know, there's gotta be there's even something more. more. Yeah. And at some point it's like, well, you're kind of at the pinnacle of your career. Yeah. Like it if you're gonna be in advertising, yeah. if you're gonna be in branding, you were working with the most iconic brand in the world. Right. I mean, you know, still today, there, there's, uh, you know, people in some places that um, like to, <laughs> to, to, you know, wear this gear years yeah. and years it's after. Like it's still their right. favorite possession. You know, it's this brand that you worked so with, cool with, that man. Carolina blue. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> gray, I think. Um, but, you know, you had achieved that. I talked to people kind of similarly. I, I played a very insignificant role, but got to mm -hmm. be a part of a Super Bowl team. You know, as a little boy, that was my dream. Right? Like, mm -hmm. hey, be a part of a Super yeah. Bowl team and win that. Yeah. And, and it, it, everything you said uh, resonated with me, man. It, it was impactful. It was fun. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was exciting, man. It opened up a world of possibilities. Mm -hmm. But it didn't scratch the deepest itch kind of within my soul, too, mm -hmm. where I felt like that God had called me really to make an impact in other people's lives. Yep. Um, and certainly it was a great platform mm -hmm. to do a lot of really neat things, right. but there were uh, there were elements of it that weren't fulfilling to me either, which just kind of led me to my to my journey. It sounds mm -hmm. like you kind of had a similar one. I mean, you absolutely reached at a pretty young age the mm -hmm. pinnacle of what people would consider, you know, a career in branding. Sure, absolutely. And that, yep, and that's where it was. And and in the midst of all that, you know, God speaks. You know, like mm. in, a, in a, probably some would argue the least church state in the union. Um, you know, just met a lot of people um, that were going to this really cool church, and I started going and they really recommitted my life to Christ. And I would say, so to answer the, the previous question, that's really where I, I was like, now I really feel like I can, you know, do anything. Like, because it wasn't so much about me and accomplishment anymore. Yeah. It was really about, you know, man, God has really blessed me with some really cool opportunities and yeah. he could have done this for anybody. And yeah. so why me, you know? <laughs> and it sort of put me on a little bit of a, not a little bit, a, a lot, a very different trajectory, I would say. So then it wasn't so much about what do I accomplish, accomplish for myself and accumulate for myself, but how do I give back to others? Like how do I help other people sort of get on a similar path and sort of meet, get their, reach their dreams as well. Don't you think it was a gift, man, to, to get to do the work you did at such a young age and and and, and, and then have the opportunity to, to decide how you're gonna invest the rest of your life? Yes. I've told a lot of folks that I feel like that was a gift Absolutely. God gave me was to be able to hit some of those mm -hmm. things that in my mind had been like, hey, if I worked on 100 and finally get to Super Bowl, you know, 88 mm -hmm. years old, that, that, that I got to experience those young at a young enough age that I still had plenty of my life left to invest. Right. You know, to, to, to I think one of the saddest things is to hear guys spend their whole professional career to get to that place they thought they always wanted to be, only to find out, man, that that it wasn't about the the title, it wasn't right. about the position, it wasn't about the brand that you right. were working on, man. It was about people impacting their lives and really following a sense of calling. Right. You know, and yeah. I think that looks differently for mm -hmm. all of us. Yeah. Right. And how God uses all, you know. He uses things like marketing and advertising, you know, which you know isn't doesn't have, you don't think of like God and advertising, right? You know, necessarily, but he uses all these things that he sort of put in our path along the way to be a part of, you know, um, the journey that he's going to ultimately get us on, and sort of the impact that we're ultimately going to be able to make is is pretty fascinating as I sort of reflect on it sometimes. Yeah. So you went from you went from working in in advertising, one of the most iconic brands in the world, to the church at some point here. Yeah, so when I, so as as my life, <laughs> I mean, this is not the normal pathway, you know. Judge up again. As my um, as my journey was my journey, my relationship with the Lord was developing. You know, I just started. I was going to church, but I was like, it was like kind of like never enough. So I was like, I mm. think I need to go to seminary. So I just yeah. started taking classes purely because I was like interested in learning more about the Bible. And so every Monday night, I would take this sort of it was kind of executive 
uh, sort of executive path in seminary. Every Monday night you'd go and I would take these theology classes and different things. And after doing that a few years, um, one day my pastor called me and said, I know you won't do this because you have like the most amazing job in the world. And, you know, I, I don't even know why I'm even asking you this. He says, but the elders and I were wondering if you'd ever consider um, coming to work for the church. You know, he kind of said it like that. Yeah. I was like, I said, so interesting that you would say that because, you know, about six months ago, my wife and I were talking and we said we felt like something was going to change in our life and that, you know, we weren't always going to be sort of in co this corporate space yeah. doing this kind of stuff. And so I said, well, let us, we'll pray about it. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. And we did. And we just felt like that was what God wanted us to do at that time. I don't know why I felt like I felt like I was 30 years old, I think 32 years old. And I just felt like, man, I have reached this point. Like, yeah. I don't know that it gets much better than this um, in sort of the world of marketing and advertising. So it felt like, yeah, like, yeah, let's go. Let's go do this. You know, I, wow. I really feel like God is calling us to do this. So, so we did. We left all of that and yeah. went to work for a church. Any regrets? Not a single one. Not a single one. Not a single one. No. I mean, there were there were moments where I was just like, "What have you done?" Mm -hmm. Like, um, mm -hmm. I, the day I was like, the day I resigned, like I told them, I, my wife was pregnant with twins, and that was gonna be our, like child number two and three. We gotta frame these people again. Though, hold on, man. You're working <laughs> for the Jordan brand. <laughs> You're 32 years old. Stan Lee's calling your office. I mean, like you—you you are living like a kid from North Carolina's dream it in Oregon. Crazy. Your wife's pregnant with your second and third yeah. twins. You—you—you yeah, you, you go. You know what? I think God's calling me to the church, and I'm going to go ahead and resign from this—this—this—this this, this, this top of the mountain kind of professional position to go into the church. Yeah. Yep. And wow. they were like, "Are you? Are you serious? Are you?" Really <laughs> yeah. Serious? So, so that you know. So you're, so a lot of it is like calling and passion and yeah. adrenaline and can't wait to go do this thing. And then, you know, two or three years into it, it's just like, <sighs> we're living on a pastor's salary and yeah, yeah. no one wants me to fly to LA anymore. Right, right. Stanley <laughs> is not calling. No calling. Yeah, yeah. That was like the, probably the hardest part. But I think even in all of that, there's a, there's another whole story we could do about just what God does to you in those places, those yeah. desperate sort of places where he's like kind of purging the... Um, just the selfishness out of you, you know? Yeah. That was um, called marriage for me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know how selfish I was. So I, I realized how particular I was about where my toothbrush sat on that right. one shelf. Yeah, yeah, no. No, I think, well, I mean, any advice you'd have, I, you know, if I know folks ask you for mentoring a lot, and, you know, we always mm -hmm. like to try to give back to folks. And, you know, but, but a, lot, a lot of kids ask, you know, how do I decide what do I do? You know, what I do? How do I invest my life? How would you, what advice would you give me as I start my professional career? I mean, I, You've had such a breath, man. You, you you've gone to the highest level of what you were, you know, professionally endeavoring to do, and then you, you stepped away from, got back in, and things. What advice would you give to to young folks asking how they should invest their lives and how they should start their professional careers? That's a great question. I, you know, I think for me, I wish I would have sort of really understood my purpose and like why I was on Earth a lot sooner. Mm. You know, and it, it sort of took this sort of this wonderful in a lot of ways, but sort of this journey to sort of figure it out. And you know, we do a lot of. Um, personal branding work, you know, through my, my current company and we you know we work with a lot of a lot of folks. And it's for me it's always like about your your the why, like why are you here? Like what is your purpose? And and some people say it's just your passion and I you know I have a little bit of a spin on that. But it's really about sort of defining, you know, why do you really feel like you're here? Like what is what has God put you on earth to do and mm. 
to be and sort of yeah. like what's really driving you and what's really fueling you because I think at the end of the day, when you develop that, when you allow that to be developed and you develop that in your life and you find out not just how, why you're passionate about it, but how does that actually connect to value in the marketplace? Right. Like, right. so, and whether that value is just helping people or starting a company or whatever, but it, right. it's not just about passion, like just passion Just alone. because you love it doesn't right. mean the marketplace is gonna pay you to do it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. and if you're okay with not <laughs> getting paid, yeah. like not Go right ahead, like yeah. living like a, a home and stuff, like that's right. cool, but, but so you're like, how do you connect that? So I, I know what my purpose and I've connected it to some valuable output in right. society and in, and in the marketplace would be the, the advice that I would give them. You know, for me, it's been, you know, bringing help and hope to people and businesses all over the world. Like yeah. I really believe that, that that's why God has put me here. And so my life now is a whole lot about just like helping people, yeah. you know, and try to finding opportunities and the work that I do to say, how can I maximize my help for other people. And sometimes yeah. that looks like individual development of people that work for me. And yep. sometimes it looks like a client that we have that, you know, that may be struggling with a business problem. We come in and bring some sense of hope. And they, through hopefully this relationship and interaction with us, they've seen that it wasn't just about business and a transaction and right. making money. Right. That it was like, man, these people really care about us. Yeah. And there's something about them that is different, you know, the way they go about doing business. So that's all a part of that purpose, that centeredness that you have. And that's what I would, would encourage young people to try to find out as soon as possible and then sort of allow that to sort of drive and direct some of the decisions that they're making in their life. So under, understand your purpose and understand how that purpose brings a market value. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's good, that's good. So so if you're talking to an individual, an individual about finding their purpose and understanding how the, the marketplace is gonna compensate mm -hmm. them for a purpose, how does a business or an organization think about that same kind of challenge? Um, I think similarly, you know, I think in today's marketplace in particular, I think consumers are looking for to do business with companies that are are transparently about more than just transactions. Mm. Um, I think there is a, when you think of some brands in the market, I think yours is one of them, but you know, you think of like a Tom's Shoes and mm -hmm. like the success of a yeah. brand like that, it is because I think just people want to know that you're giving back and that you care. So as I'm thinking about my brand, if I'm a company, as I'm thinking about my brand, I'm not trying to make up, you know, what can we do to give yeah. back? But yeah. I'm authentically asking those same questions. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? Like, what are we, what is the business that we're really in? Are we, are we selling detergent or are we like trying to help enhance people, enhance people's lives to make the lives of people, their families better? Like, what is the real value of, of what we're doing here? I think when you think about even a brand like Nike, you know, yeah. it was, it was born out of this authentic love of sports and wanting to give athletes the best possible chance to succeed at the highest level. So I think for personal, you want to find your purpose, but as a company, you want to dig in deep. And I think you guys have done a really phenomenal job at that. Sometimes I'm like, man, these guys like are just giving it all away. <laughs> like, yeah. well, so our mission statement, our, our purpose statement is that we exist to love and value people right. by leading a movement of change in our industry, in mm -hmm. corporate cultures, and in communities across America. And I always tell them, so we define love like this. I had a Catholic priest who, who told me to love means to act in the long-term best interest of another. Mm -hmm. So we try to live out our brand, our story, our purpose, um, by looking around us for ways we can act in the long-term best interest of another and love people around us, love our customers, love our teammates, and love the communities we're a part of and 
um, it's been a it's been a, a fun mess over the last decade trying to live that out. Sure, and it probably sounds scary. Like if somebody's listening yeah. to this and have this company, it probably it sounds scary. But the return on the on that investment is like multiple. Like it's yeah. like it comes from all these different places. Like people want to work for you because they know that it's not just coming to work every day. It's like I'm signing. I've signed up for a cause that I actually get a paycheck for. Yeah. You know, and I, so I think that companies just want to make sure that they are thinking it through at that very deep level because that today I think especially when you think about millennials and what they're demanding of the marketplace like yeah. they're like there was a time when I first got into advertising it was just sort of this one-way conversation where we yeah. were like we just tell people what they're supposed to believe yeah. and you know they believed it or not but you know for the most part we we bludgeon them with like commercials we just fire more yes. at them you yeah. know and then these millennials come along and they're like uh, that's not, a darn question. Not, yeah, yeah. Not, not mine. Ask yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me more. And how how can I, how can you engage me? Like I don't I don't want you to just sell me something. I want you to, to like really get engagement, stimulate me. And they start asking questions about. So what 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 do you really stand for? And, and why why should I really align with your right. brand? You know. So all that sort of plays itself out in terms of how brands now have to market themselves and think differently about that. One thing I, I love about um, the kind of millennial generation people, I think have. have Take sport like poking fun mm -hmm. at the millennial generation, all the complaints about it. Right. So, man, I love they they step up and ask why all the time. Why? Yes. And I tell them then if 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 they're gonna come work at an organization you're a part of or you're leading, they're gonna hey, hey ask what your purpose is, and that's a good thing. And the answer better be something beyond profit. Sure. If you don't have a purpose that is beyond profit, mm -hmm. you're not gonna engage the hearts of millennials. And I think that's a great thing because it's I think it's really similar to what you were doing. Mm -hmm. You were asking yourself why. You got these pinnacles in your career and went wait wait wait. I'm uniquely gifted, equipped, called in this certain way. Why am I investing my life here? Is this mm -hmm. the highest impact place for me <clears throat> to invest my life? Mm -hmm. And I think millennials ask that. I love that they ask yeah. that. And I think it challenges all of us as leaders, man, to make sure we are a, a purpose-driven leader. Yeah. I think it's like the for us at Orbital Socket, it's like our recruiting tool, you know, and and I mean it in the sense that we're trying to like, just lure people in, but we're telling them about yeah. the values that we have as a company, which is our you know, the per, personal brand of Orbital Socket. And it's yeah. all about, we're interested in you. <laughs> like, we want to make sure that you are, like, I tell people, like, I'll know that I'm really successful when my company becomes the most poached company out there because people are yeah. trying to get my talent because they're like, there's something really special about those people. Yeah. You know, so when they hear that, they know that I'm genuinely interested in their success. Like, I've created this company for you to succeed at, you know, mm. like, and created this culture that's geared towards your, your success and your development as a human being and as a professional. And so if, like, we've had people that are, I'm like, you are so smart and you're so talented. You know, what you really need is, like, you need to go to L.A. Like, I really believe, like, if you, or New York. Like, if you went to a big city and, you know, had that kind of experience, there would be no stopping you. Like, two years in New York and, you know, there would be nothing Game you can't do. And so they're like... Are you firing me? <laughs> like, no, 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 not at all. I'm trying to launch you. I'm just telling. Yeah. I'm telling you that this this will be really great for you. So we don't even we're not even possessive over them. We're just wow. like we want what's best for you. You know, yeah. we're gonna give you everything you can to succeed at the highest level. And so, it's it's why you know my wife and I started the company. Yeah. Way, so. Now, Greg, I've watched you with Orbital Socket too, man. You know, you talk about yeah, a brand has to be authentic, and you mm -hmm. have to live it out. And you guys do live it out. Like mm -hmm. Orbital Socket is is on. Um, you know, not-for-profit boards, or you know, you guys are pouring into to missions and organizations that you believe in, not for how much compensation they can give you, but for how much you can pour into them because you believe in their mission also. And you work with great businesses doing the same mm -hmm. thing. So 
I've watched you guys live that out, you know, around the city. And our, I think our, our city in Charlotte has felt the impact mm -hmm. of, uh, of that vision and of that authenticity. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. So as we think about brands, man, being authentic to who they are and, and really living into their purpose, we've seen brands that kind of come in and take on huge social issues. Mm -hmm. um, one of them recently, your former company, Nike, <laughs> and um, I guess a former colleague of mine in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick, uh -huh. uh, and made a huge splash mm -hmm. with the commercial featuring him. Talk, talk a little about how you think brands approach um, you know, major social is it, is it appropriate for, for companies to be wading into this stuff? And if so, how? Well, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before about personal branding and sort of being authentic. I think if you just show up and try to leverage that moment, yeah. it comes off the wrong way. You haven't built brand equity with your consumer base. So there, there are no people that are kind of in your corner, so to yeah. speak. So when you, when you, if you haven't, if that hasn't been a consistent part of your brand and the core of who you are and the DNA of your brand, when you make certain statements, it just comes off as you're just trying to leverage a moment for trying commerce. Trying to capitalize right. on some, yeah. So, publicity. but for Nike, that felt very authentic and very genuine yeah. because they've been making those statements since the beginning yeah. of the of the company. And and it does not, it, although it was shocking and polarizing, it was very much in keeping with their brand and their brand values. And I would have expected them, honestly, to come out and make a comment about it, you know, because it was so, it's, you know, it's sort of like the, like the elephant in the room, like you can't yeah. notice that that's a big part of the conversation around sports. So they took a position on it. So I think the, the beauty of it is that when you're, when you've created brand equity with your consumer base and you have a group of people that know you and you've been sort of consistent in how you've presented your yeah. brand, you can take stances on things yeah. and yeah, there'll be a backlash, but you're going to have probably consumers on your people yeah. on your side because that's, they've come to know you as Absolutely. that. I think when you haven't, then it, it becomes a real, you know, very dangerous. And so for Nike, you know, it, it became one of those very, another one of those very polarizing moments for them. Yep. But I would, I think a lot of their core consumer base was like applauding them and mm -hmm. was like, yes, you know, we, we, we absolutely understand the perspective that you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And they were like completely on board. And then of course there were a few folks that weren't so happy about they, it. They were, they were not, you know, but I think that's, I, I, I personally love it. Mm -hmm. I, I personally Same love here. it. I like, yeah, I like, I like seeing companies um, step into that space, you know, whatever the topic, whatever their side of the mm -hmm. topic is, and, and you know, weigh in in respectful ways on, uh, and comment on social issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like knowing who the brand is. Absolutely. I like knowing what they stand for. Mm -hmm. And I can I can then choose with my dollars right. whether or not, you know, I support that brand, mm -hmm. that story, and, and, and how they um, kind of view and think about the world. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, th I think it's I think it's really exciting, actually, mm -hmm. to watch people kind of weighing in in deeper and bigger ways um, and, and talking about, hey, things that matter. Mm -hmm. Like, think these are these are big, important topics in society, and I think we need to have more voices in the room um, really discussing them and bringing them to light. Absolutely. It's about, in today's marketplace, it's all, it's all about building relationships. So mm -hmm. that is a way that you deepen your relationship with the folks that are partnering with you and your brand. I mean, it's, it's like um, if, you're, if you're sort of always sort of skirting on the surface, it's always going to be transactional. So they're going to be looking for the next deal or the next sense off or the buy one, get one kind of thing. But when you can take it to the level of real relationship building, which I think when you tackle these issues, yeah. that's what happens, you know, yeah. and you just, you get, a, you really get a, a fan for life. You know, I would say you'd have to really do something, do something very, very, very like bizarre for them to ever you know, part ways with you. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, it, it just, it creates a context for conversation yep. too. And we need to get better at that in the United States. Yep. We need to get Absolutely. better at having hard conversations yes. on hard topics. So companies that are thoughtfully and respectfully bringing those conversations to the surface, man, I am extremely thankful for yep. it. I'm here at Movement. This is like, I've heard so much about your company. I've, this is the only second time I've ever been here, but the, the first time I was here, I was walking out and I went home and told my wife, I was like, 
How do you, how did, I wonder how Casey manages all of this. Like, you know, I've been around a lot of celebrities and a lot of folks with a lot of stuff. And it's just like, how do you, how do you come here every day knowing that God has used you to create something that is like buildings and people, the parking lot's full, you know, there's all this stuff. Like, how do you, how do you keep your levity about all of this? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a candy answer for a lot of great people. I mean, really, we, we've, we've. I think I think you know when when you have a, a big vision, um, you you know it needs to extend beyond you. And mm -hmm. I think that's we talk about having a, a purpose that's beyond profit and a purpose mm -hmm. that's way beyond me. Mm -hmm. I'm not the center of any of this, mm -hmm. um, and so we invite people into a bigger story that, that, that that's bigger than them. Even sure. it's about loving sure. and valuing others. It's about transforming communities mm -hmm. through the marketplace by bringing value into people's lives, but helping them get home loans, mm -hmm. and then taking profits that we earn from those home loans and reinvesting to love marginalized people in our communities, and then trying to love each other well in right. the process. You right. know. I, I imagined a decade ago, man, that if I was going to join a company, man, I sure would love to join one um, where I was being loved and valued and cared for, with right. people I actually enjoyed. They were, they were mm -hmm. pulling me in a direction that I wanted to go in life, making me more the father, the husband, mm -hmm. the, the business leader that I wanted to be. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the marketplace shapes all of us. Sure. I, spend, I spend more time here at work with my teammates at work than I do with my own wife and two daughters. Right. And I right. love them more than anything in the world. Right. Um, but this is the group of people that I spend more time with. So I wanted to be in an environment it was helping me be a better dad and husband when I got home. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I think there's some other people that would enjoy um, that kind of corporate environment as well and kind of kind of be drawn to something similar. So, um, you know, God's been really faithful to bring a bunch of incredibly talented people awesome. across a whole spectrum of, um, you know, specialties from branding and storytelling, man, right. to, to commerce and finance to um, sales. And uh, we just had a really exciting 10-year journey together and figuring out what this looks like to try to love people in the marketplace um, by committing all of our gifts, talents, um, and abilities that we have to serve them well. Awesome, that is amazing. Yeah. Well, the impact is evident, I think, in our community. And and I think it's a you you what you all have created here is a model, I think, for a lot of us to just say, like, how do we sort of have similar types of impact in whatever the thing is that, you know, God is entrusting us with. So that's really cool, so. Well, I, I appreciate that from a guy who ran a, you know, one of the most iconic brands in the world and runs an amazing company here in town, Orbital Socket, that I love and respect, man. I, I deeply appreciate that and the friendship and the camaraderie, man, of yes. trying to go out and, and, and commit to a purpose in life and in your business that is bigger than yourself. Yes. You guys do it, we're trying to do it also, man. It's a pleasure to have you on the journey. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, brother. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mortgage Impact Podcast. You can find old episodes, show notes, and much more at mortgageimpactpodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, comment, and share, and we look forward to having you back on a future episode.